0: Hi there, I'm Erin Craber. I'm a marketing professional with a passion for building a community of industry-leading women navigating careers and motherhood at the same time. Every week, I'll be sharing tips and tricks to help women grow their local businesses, build their personal brands, and be leaders in their communities, and sharing the stories of women who make it happen while keeping the kids healthy and the house still standing. This is a place for honest conversations among women about business and motherhood. Welcome to Motherhood Merged. Hey there, welcome in for this episode of the Motherhood Merged podcast. I'm your host, Erin Kraber, and I'm so happy to have you tuning in from wherever you are today. Motherhood Merged is a weekly show created with moms on the go in mind. Listen while you drive, fold the laundry, or get some exercise. Each episode is designed to deliver actionable tips you can implement in your own way and on your own timeline to market your local business, grow your personal brand, and hear real life stories from women who have been there and done that. Now I had a full-time job before I added the full-time job of raising my two daughters. Now the two are merged in a way that is both satisfying and overwhelming, and I've learned that it doesn't have to be one or the other, it can be both. Moms make it look easy, but I'm here to remind you that it's okay if it's hard. I focus on the small things you can do that are guaranteed to reduce the overwhelm that comes with all the different hats you wear. I get into systems and mindsets that produce real results because my goal is to create a community for women living where the personal merges with the professional. So this is episode 20 of this podcast, and I'm excited to bring you something a little bit different. My husband and I are celebrating 15 years of marriage today, so I thought it would be fun to bring him on as my guest. I know he isn't a mother or a business owner, but he's my number one cheerleader and a big key to every success I've had over the last 15 years. I'd like to think we have figured out a few things about the merge of personal and professional in the life we have built together. So this will be a little bit of a peel back the curtain kind of episode. We've shared a lot of experiences together, some great and some not so great, but our anniversary is always a time for us to reflect on how far we've come as a married couple, as parents, and as driven career professionals. All right, it's time to bring on my first male guest to the Motherhood Merge podcast. I want to introduce you to my husband and partner in all things. This is Carl.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: All right, Carl, you got to introduce yourself first. No one knows much about you, so tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do for a living, and how did we meet?
1: All right, well, let's go back. My name is Carl Craver. Uh, I am newly turned 40 uh, in January. I am born in Memphis, Tennessee, raised in West Lafayette, Indiana. I am a three-time graduate of Purdue University, and I currently work for the University of Alabama at Birmingham in the School of Medicine, the Division of Transplantation, and I manage a uh, clinical research project related to organ transplantation. Uh, That would be a whole nother podcast most likely to get into what I actually do, but suffice it to say, we are trying to overcome the organ shortage by genetically engineering pigs, as our potential donors for the future. Shifting gears to how Aaron and I met, we actually both went to Purdue. Uh, I worked at a ice cream stand, for lack of a better term, and recruited Aaron to come work at Snow Bear. Uh, We worked for a number of years together, developed a friendship, and then, um, you know, things just kind of blossomed as uh, I moved into my senior year of college. Aaron was a junior and the rest is history
0: and 15 years later well more than 15 years later i guess
1: 15 years of official marriage later here we are
0: 15 years we've lived in how many we've lived in
1: indiana twice illinois once and now alabama
0: yeah so that's multiple houses cars and now two kids later let's talk about our kids for a minute so we definitely had different upbringings, uh, growing up in different parts of the country so who or what do you think has influenced your parenting style the most
1: well i am an only child and so that has probably influenced uh, me becoming a parent more than anything Uh, i have two wonderful parents they are uh, happily married still 47 years um, and I, I owe everything to them uh, good bad and I've learned it from them and their parents uh, I had my mom's parents were around quite a bit as I was younger uh, her dad was a ex-marine her mom was an educator and you know very dichotomous styles but learned a lot from them uh, my dad's father passed away prior to me being born, but I got to know his mom as I was a child. And so, you know, me being the only one, being the center of attention, uh, I had a lot of learning opportunities. And so, I think those those all influenced me uh, into the person and the parent that I've become today.
0: I think that's one thing we have in common though. Even though we grew up in different parts of the country or different, I mean, I'm not an only child, I have a, a younger brother. One thing that is common I think for us is the role of our extended family. So uh, my family all grew up in the same place, aunts, uncles, grandparents, great-grandparents even. Um, we all grew up, you know, in the same town. Not very common for people to leave and I think that's really been a big part of our life and i'm so happy it's part of our girls life that they do get to know their extended family even though now we live so far away but having all of those people around them as much as possible i think has been a huge help for us
1: i mean i don't think we would have made the move to alabama as easily as we did had it been 10 or 15 years prior without the technology that we have to be able to see and interact with our extended family, like they're in the room next door, or whenever we want, that's uh, made it a lot easier. Has it made it perfect? No. We would love to see them more than we do, but it, it makes the eight and a half hours back to Lafayette, Indiana, or the 13 hours back to Wisconsin uh, a little less overwhelming.
0: One of the questions that I get asked most often, or maybe the fact that a lot of my... Um, girlfriends don't believe is the fact that you do all of the cooking like all of it I don't shop I don't cook I don't even do the dishes because I won't load the dishwasher right Uh, so from the outside in I think people say that we maybe have non-traditional roles in our relationship or in our household what do you think
1: Uh, I don't really care about tradition I I'm a control freak in a lot of ways and I like to cook food the way I like to cook it, the way I learned from, from my mom and my, my grandmother. And I enjoyed the process of cooking, which includes the getting of the groceries. Uh, going to the grocery store is actually relaxing to me. Uh, it's kind of a game that I play with myself. How fast could I get it, get in and out? Can I find everything? How many impulse buys do I have? Do I keep it under $100 each time? So going shopping is, is something that I really enjoy making meals is something that i also enjoy i'm not a huge fan of being a short order cook making four or five different items for you know our family of four but i do like to cook uh, nice things have my kids explore new things like i mean i don't know how many kids that are 11 and 8 are interested in shellfish particularly shrimp lobster they have scallops (laughs) uh, you know high-end cuts of steak They eat a a pretty good amount of vegetables, pretty much any fruit that you toss in front of them. So, you know, I I enjoy those things. And, And to Aaron's point about the dishwasher, yeah, I'd rather do it my way, the right way, the first time and get it done and, you know, run the dishwasher and then maybe have some help putting it away.
0: The way you feel about the dishwasher is the way I feel about vacuuming. If I don't see the lines just right, Then it wasn't done the way I want it to. I'd rather just take care of the vacuuming myself and you can have the dishwasher all to yourself. All right, let's talk about career now. A lot is made of women managing careers and families, but how do you manage the demands of your career and our family life?
1: Well, I've I've been very fortunate in my careers to have uh, very flexible working situations. Whether it was pre-COVID, where you know we had some flexibility, so I could be home, cover things because of event schedules, uh, or after, where you know now we've we've adjusted so that we don't need after-school care, and we just make it part of our expectation that people know we need to have somebody home to get kids off the bus, we need to have uh, plans in place to get the kids where they need to be. My work has always, family has always come first, which is part of the reason why I didn't become a physician, which is probably another podcast to talk about my uh, career path. But family has always been an important thing that I either wanted to have or now have and want to make sure that things don't get in the way of family being first.
0: Is dad guilt a thing? Do you feel in the way or does it even translate to the way that the word mom guilt gets thrown around? I
1: I don't believe it translates to me. Um, uh, I mean, could you define, what does mom guilt mean to you?
0: I think mom guilt is just this kind of feeling over your head that you're, you're always sacrificing something and that something is usually, you know, something on the home front or with the kids. So you're, you're constantly having to make a choice and constantly being made to feel badly about the choice that you've made. That you're, you've done something wrong.
1: Oh, I think maybe it's the exact opposite. People ask me, are just surprised when I say that I'm going to do this. And, they're, and they'll say, well, why doesn't your wife do this? Well, it's, it's either my turn or it's my choice. It's something that I want to do. And we can deal with it at work. If that means I have to come in early or stay late or swap some things or work around it. I've made that commitment to to you and the kids that I'm going to be there to do these things and I'm not going to let somebody make me feel bad about putting my family first.
0: I was talking with another friend about this idea of, of dad guilt. Like, does it exist? Is it a thing? And I was interested to hear what your answer would be. I mean, I kind of knew you would say no just because of the way that we work together and the way we kind of organize our family life, the way that we're structured and the the commitment to sharing and trading off and communicating about it. So I guess your answer doesn't surprise me. It's good. Uh, You live in a house of all females. So what are the best and worst parts of being in a house of all females?
1: Well, I think the best part is... You know, every dad, I think, wants to be, uh, the hero wants to be thought of as this larger than life figure that can take care of everything, make everybody feel safe, provide for everybody. And I, I, whether that's stereotypical or, um, a bit old timey cliche, (laughs) um, I think that that is probably, I don't know, maybe one of the better things about being, uh, a dad of all, of all girls. Um, I think one of the worst things is that we've got a lot of personalities,
0: strong, personalities. strong
1: personalities. Um, it's only going to get worse as we get more hormonal and that's something I'm not looking forward to. You know, we're all, it's all going to be the same time every month and whew, I might have to uh, go to the lake for a week.
0: Yeah, I was definitely going to, I was waiting to see what you said, but I think the worst is probably, we we probably haven't experienced the worst yet. I think the girls are, I think the teen stage for both of them combined will, will present some challenges for sure. You mentioned our strong personalities. That's definitely true. I think we encourage the girls to have strong personalities, but also we individually have strong personalities. There's a lot of things we agree on, and there's definitely things that we don't, and I think that's healthy for us, too. What would you say are some of the things we do really well as a team?
1: Well, I think the morning routine is probably our best example yes. Of, yes. you know, we have a role, we do it every day, we don't miss, we don't, kids haven't been tardy all year, so I think that's really good um when we had dance and softball and all these after-school activities i think we did a good job of coordinating who was doing what and if you needed some extra time to record something or to finish up some emails or or finish up a call because the day got away from you a little bit i'd be more than happy to to pick the kids up or shuttle them around Uh, i think we did a really good job coordinating those kinds of activities
0: the schedule and the calendars are key for sure And our Sunday planning, I think our Sunday planning, granted we haven't, we've been kind of ships passing um, at some stages, but when we can sit down and do our Sunday meal prep Mm -hmm. and talk about who's going where and what time and when do you expect to be done with work on certain days, or I have to stay later for some meetings on certain days, I think that Sunday planning is definitely.
1: Yeah, I would say planning for our immediate family needs is a strong suit. Coordinating with extended family and the communication of plans between grandparents and travel plans and us is probably where we have struggled somewhat, um, specifically since we've moved south.
0: Let me ask you a question. Are you the best kept secret in your town? You are the thing that makes your business, product or service unique, not what you do or how you do it. Start telling people about who you are and watch your connections grow. Connections that lead to an engaged audience and more customers. Not sure what I mean? Or not sure if this applies to you or your business? I can help. And this month, I'm opening up some free brand audit sessions. Spend 30 minutes telling me about who you are and what you do, and I'll give you an easy-to-follow and customized plan for the critical next steps. If you own a business or provide a service, I am talking to you. Visit Aaron erincraber.com to schedule your free audit call today. One question that was submitted to us to answer is, I think this is actually, I'm, I'm interested to hear your answer. So what is your advice to men who are supporting a woman with big goals?
1: I oh, think That's easy. That You need to be the biggest cheerleader you can be. Uh, making sure that they know that you have uh, you're supporting them 100%. Uh, that you're not just letting them go on this chase this little dream, and whether they succeed or fail, you'll always be there for them. No, but but literally do whatever you can. Roll up your sleeves, help, uh, leverage any kind of connections one might have. You might have that you that might benefit uh, your spouse. There's no goal that that's too big for me to be a cheerleader for. And so I think that that's the the number one thing that a spouse can do is not just use words, but but let their actions show how much they are there to support and, and be that cheerleader.
0: Such a great answer, and that's probably the thing I appreciate most about you is that you're always my, my number one cheerleader, and I think that's true. I would hope we're that way for each other. Absolutely. I don't want uh, – I think we need to address something here – um because i think it's interesting that we've been able to make something unique happen not once but twice and that is when we have made moves in our careers we've been able to do it in a way that both of us found a better equal if not better opportunity in the same city mm-hmm. so we thought we kind of made this perfect storm happen once and that it would never happen again. And then we replicated it a couple of years later when we moved here for someone who is, you know, a, a partnership and one person has an opportunity in their career. How were we able to do that? I guess. How do we describe how we did that? I get asked that question quite a bit. I don't know if you do. Uh,
1: I don't get asked it very often, but but I would say the first time. So when we were moving from Illinois, to Indiana there was a desire to leave Illinois it wasn't the greatest situation um, you know I was commuting 75 miles each way and this opportunity to the NCAA presented itself and you seemed excited about it and so the first thing that I could do was see what's available in the field that I'm in in that area fortunately for us Indianapolis not only the capital of amateur sports they've got five different hospital systems that we're all engaging in various stages of of quality improvement and so there were lots of opportunities and Indiana University Health was the largest employer in Indianapolis at the time they had a position that was perfect for me I was able to leverage my experience present a good application have a great interview and and they were interested at the same time frame that uh that Aaron was looking at the NCAA so it, it was the perfect storm in that sense and
0: um, I was not very very pregnant like eight and almost nine months pregnant when we made that one happen
1: yeah and then you know the move to Alabama was different Um, it was almost the opposite it was yeah I mean my my program was being relocated and in order to make the move happen uh, you know I asked the surgeon that I was working for to help us in whatever ways possible to you know, help Aaron find something potentially at University of Alabama Birmingham, which at the time was a bit, a bit scary because, you know, what we knew of them up north was they had just canned their football program and seemed kind of like a dumpster fire. <laughs> I said, to no go to.
0: way, no way.
1: But then there was this, you know, associate AD position that would have, you know, it was a promotion, it was a, uh, a, a, the kind of role that you were interested in, in going after. There was an opportunity that you were able to interview for, and it happened to be with somebody that you had met and knew. And so it was kind of like another perfect scenario where it wasn't you going to a totally foreign area with unknown people, uh, and we were able to make it make it work. Is that going to work out for everybody? Absolutely not. I don't believe that that, for the fact that it happened for us twice is unheard of. Yeah, but I
0: think we were honest with each other about why we wanted to make the move and what we were looking for and when the other person needs to truly, you know, get on it and start looking around because mm-hmm. we we were committed to not, you know, forcing someone into a bad situation where they'd be without a job or right. we would be short in income um, or be forced to do something that they didn't really want to do.
1: You know, the weather's been great. There's lots of great things about coming down here that we didn't realize. I mean, the South gets such a bad rap up North. The stereotypical things that you hear up North um, are just not the way it really is down here. And, you know, I've loved every minute coming down here. And we've It's not been without its ups and downs, but uh, I think it's been a great move for us. Our kids have flourished. Uh, I think our our marriage is stronger than ever. And
0: we have really great friends here. We
1: have amazing friends here, friends that are going to be, you know, lifelong friends, whether we stick it out here for, for the rest of our kids, you know, schooling or not. But, you know, it's been a, it's been a a great move and I'm glad we were willing to take the risk when we did.
0: Yeah, me too. Definitely. I think that's an interesting part of our story that maybe not a lot of people know about, but when people hear about it or, or learn more about how we've moved around and, it's an interesting story for us to tell. Uh, definitely a big part of, you know, strengthening our relationship and learning about the resilience of our kids and being willing to move them around a couple of times. I mean, I lived in the same house my whole, you know, childhood. I lived in one house. My, my dad still lives there. So for them to have moved multiple times, I mean, I never would have thought that. Um, but it's taught us a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do a lightning round of some quick questions. So I'm going to throw something out there and we got to say who is the, who that fits better. Okay.
1: By first name?
0: just say me or just say you. Okay. All right. Who said I love you first? Me. Definitely you. All right. Who's the most social? Me. You. (laughs) Who's the most organized? Me. At work. You are. (laughs) You're the most organized at home?
1: How many piles of laundry?
0: Oh, jeez.
1: You're the calendar keeper, the scheduler maker, but...
0: Yeah, so therefore, organize.
1: Organize. Okay. Agree to disagree.
0: Fine. All right. Who's the most emotional? Me. You. (laughs) Well, yeah, I would say you. I'm probably quicker to... Quicker to the emotion... You, you experience a wider range of emotions, I think. That's fair to say. All right. Who do the kids consider the most fun? Me. That's definitely you. you know. Who's the most relaxed? Me. Yeah. Definitely you. I am not good at relaxing at all. Who falls asleep first? Me. You. <laughs> Almost always. The other night, we did get a date night, and we did get to go out to a nice dinner... When we hit, we were talking about kind of our, our ages and milestones. So right now we're coming up on the 50, you know, 15 years of marriage. Just had a 40th birthday. Mine's coming up next year. So in the next 15 years we will have...
1: Yeah, I mean, in 10 years I will be turning 50. We will be celebrating our 25th anniversary.
0: That's what it was. And a kid and graduating we, high school. We will
1: be empty nesters by then. And so I, I'm excited for the fact that we will be more established in our lives, we will have more disposable income, and we will have the ability and the freedom to experience things that we might not have been able to or willing to do uh, early in our marriage just because we didn't want to be too extravagant or we didn't know how we could afford to do certain things. That's what I'm looking forward to the most is being able to go out and experience things and force you to travel to places that you've never uh, mm-hmm. Never been able to before, just so that you can experience some things that uh, I think you would enjoy.
0: And we keep teasing our girls that they better live in in places that have room for our our big RV that we're gonna buy, so we can travel around to college football games in our retirement.
1: Have a lake house and a and a mobile an RV, Clark, and we'll be we'll be good to go.
0: All right. Well, I will say I didn't prep you at all. With any of these questions, it wasn't so bad, was it? No, not at all. Well, with that, I think we should probably wrap this one up and maybe we can have you come back another time and we can talk more about something else. A little, another sneak peek into the exciting lives of the Kraber family. Anytime. All right. Well, thanks, babe. Happy anniversary.
1: Happy anniversary to you.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Motherhood Merged. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I love putting it together. If you want to know when new episodes drop, be sure to subscribe on the platform of your choice so the newest episodes are automatically there and ready to enjoy. And if you want to help this show grow and reach more women who can benefit from hearing what I share, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review or share this episode with a friend. Super easy. Take a screenshot, post to your stories with a key takeaway or two, and don't forget to tag me at Aaron underscore Kraber, and I'll be sure to shout you out in return. Until next time, stay sane, my friends.